0: Good morning, it's a religion, a podcast that seeks to speak about things from a faith perspective, a faith in the one true king, the Lord Jesus Christ, and uh, his tenets, his commands, his uh, lordship, and in comparison to everything else that's out there. Our premise is there's only two ways to live this life. One with trust and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and the other to put faith and trust in something else. Whether it be an individual, a system, a government, a process, an idea. Um, There's a lot of things out there that people put put trust in that don't uh, equivocate to following the edicts of Christ. And uh, he was the only one, is the only one, as he is still alive, that is still alive. He's the only one that had eyewitnesses to things that he did. Um, I shouldn't say that because Muhammad had some eyewitnesses to things that he did, but it's not the same. A lot of the things that Muhammad said were going to come true haven't, and they had to strike him from his book and things like that, and any faith that would destroy its own children, you know, would blow up its own children to somehow, uh, you know, have peace with God does not make sense at all, so welcome to, uh, It's a Religion, Ehud, at Ehud, son of Dennis, you can reach us at Ehud at org, and, uh, Feeling kind of somber today. I don't know why, but it might have been the movie we watched last night. Um, But we're coming to you live from uh, the Middle West of the divided states of America to the republic for which they stand. Two nations under God, quite divided with liberty and justice for some. And that, I believe, should be the new American motto um, because we are not a united country. Um... You know, there really, truly only is justice for those who are connected, who have money, who can afford justice. And, uh, you know, I, I look at just the contrast in how the media has portrayed things like this. You know, I think they were almost... And this is sad to say, but I I almost think the media was probably joyous over the school shooting up in Michigan because then they could take the focus off the guy that ran over a bunch of people at a parade in Wisconsin. And both events are horrific. Both events are evil. Both events are satanic in nature. They, uh, you know, the guy that did the deal in Waukesha was spiritually Uh, defunct I mean he was putting faith in some horrible things and the kid who did the the thing up in uh, Michigan I would imagine it's the same thing I don't I don't again see how anybody following the tenets of Christ that could ever do that I could ever walk in and and start shooting people and you know by every sounds by the sounds of it there were a lot of indications that this kid had some problems and you know the fact that uh his parents now have been publicly uh basically guilty you know charged and and assumed guilty which is what the media does assumes people are guilty um, before they're proven innocent that is another thing that uh, uh has gone astray in this country we don't assume people are innocent until proven guilty um the court of the media decides who's guilty and who's not. And what's interesting is the guy in Waukesha, they're going to play that up as, oh, you know, he had a bad upbringing or he had a disadvantaged uh, environment or he had 27 excuses why um, he might lash out at society like that. Whereas the, the white kid in uh, Michigan, they're going to just say, Oh, he was evil, and his parents were evil because they own guns. And uh, the guy bought a gun and let his son shoot it. And, you know, I will say it, it seems to me pretty stupid that they just left that, a gun, a uh, loaded gun, in their, um next to their bed without securing it somehow where the kid couldn't get it. Because, uh, again, it sounds like he had some issues. But again, maybe the parents didn't know that I don't, for whatever reason. Um, you'd think they would, but parents have a different viewpoint um, on their children than what other people do too. So anyway, it's a distressing thing. Um, in this life, we would hope none of those types of things would ever happen. And, you know, we watched a movie last night about a police officer who, uh, after he had gotten on the four, you know, he married this gal and, uh Everything was all rosy and wonderful, and he had gotten on the police force and just saw the most horrific thing. Saw a young lady die in a car accident, um, families die in rollovers, and uh, all this death. And his dad was taken away from him at a young age. And so he had a real problem with God, and he finally ends up meeting up with this uh, minister. And the guy's like, well, you have no problem blaming God and Jesus Christ for all this stuff. Why not the other guy? Why not Satan? You know, is there not good and evil in the world? You know, isn't there a bad side to this too? Why why doesn't the other side get blamed for that? And I think we do that a lot. I think as people, you know, we look at uh, a lot of people will look at Christians or the church or God somehow and say, Well, you have to be perfect. If God truly was God, then he shouldn't allow all this death and suffering. And it's easy to think that way. It really is, because that's what people People don't want to think that there would be evil in the world. But yet, from my perspective, without evil, you you can't truly know good. You can't truly know the contrast of those two things. And, you know, I don't know what God's original plan was for that, for teaching Adam and Eve um, what evil looked like. But they ate the fruit, and that sufficed to open their eyes to what evil is and what it was. So you know, the more we go down this road in this world, this created world, uh, the more it seems to me that it's obvious that God created everything with a purpose that man fell into sin. Um, and God gave us a vehicle, a method to get back to him, um, in the form of Jesus Christ. And that's, that's the one true way. So, um, so we look at, at scripture to start every day. Uh, I've been reading through the book of Matthew. So I'd like to share a couple nuggets from that. I missed a couple yesterday and I want to go back to Matthew 18, verse 11. For the son of man has come to save that which was lost. And, you know, humans were lost to God at the point of uh, Adam and Eve taking that fruit and God nearly destroyed the world with the flood noah comes through that starts everything over again and yet you know man was still lost in that capacity because of sin you know god in for whatever reason cannot be around sin and cannot be with people who are sinners and have not paid for that somehow with a blood sacrifice and because jesus did what he did through his blood we are saved we're cleansed and it's You can sit here and try and figure out why it's got to be that way all day. But God didn't teach us that in the Bible. He just said, this is the way it is. And as created beings, we can accept that and go, okay, that's, he is our creator. That's what he wanted. And, uh, that's what we follow. That's what we trust in that, that Jesus paid, um, all the price that was necessary for my sin, your sin, everybody's sin, but we have to trust in what he did. As a result of that. And repent of our own sin. And ask God's forgiveness. So. Um, let's see. Where is it? It goes on. In the end. Of. Uh, Matthew 18. To talk about the servant. Who was forgiven his debt. But then didn't go out and forgive others. And. And. So it says should not you also have had compassion on your fellow servant even as I had pity on you and we are called as Christians to be forgiving sort you know forgiving souls you know forgiving others even when we don't want to because our, in our flesh we rarely want to forgive anybody you know we want to take our own revenge a lot of times i see that in my boys i've got two uh, younger boys 7 and 9 and when one of them does something to the other one that they don't like. They want instantly, you can just see it come up in them. They want to take revenge. And, you know, obviously his parents are trying to teach them to hold back those feelings and to do what's right, do what uh, God would have us do, which is forgive. And, uh, um, when we do that, when we do the things that God has called us to, uh, you have victory. And it makes me think of the movie we watched last night. Like I said, this cop, He gets into uh, a lot of bad stuff and it really starts affecting him. So he starts drinking a lot and and drinking more and and they have their first child and he gets excited and it seems like he has a reprieve there for a minute, but then it it just continues on from there. Well, then somehow he decides it's a good idea to have an affair with a gal that he had pulled over and, uh, you know, that creates a whole another set of circumstances because this uh, police force doesn't take that and then he doesn't come clean he he seeks out this pastor and he starts the process of healing because the pastor's like look you need Christ that's the only way you're going to get through all this and come to a different conclusion on what life is all about um, because he was hurting a lot because his father had had like i said died when he was younger and and you know all this stuff that he went into on the police force uh had an effect on him and he was just very he was letting satan win he was letting despair and fear rule the day and not faith and uh forgiveness and um you know walking in the commands of christ so ultimately his wife finds out about it and there's a lot of hurt and but he stays consistent to his new beliefs and there's victory you know at the end of that road and that's one of the things i would just uh, there is so much victory in putting your faith and trust in christ and uh, no matter, you know, I didn't say he was perfect at that point. I'm sure he still had times where he messed up, uh, in different ways. Um, but typically the more you walk with Christ, the smaller those ways become. And, um, the more you desire to be like him and it's just, it's an amazing thing. And it just continues to prove to me we are created beings and we need him desperately. We need Christ more than anything else in this life more than air more than food and water and uh and you look at the story of his life and just the things that that he did when he was on this earth and it just all the miracles all the the eyewitness accounts of all these things and you know i think about the uh, lee strobel the guy he wrote a few books on uh, different things with regard to faith and just tried to prove he was wrong and couldn't tried to prove that Christ didn't walk this earth and he couldn't and uh, there's just so much there if uh, people would just open their eyes so here's another one uh going into ver- into chapter 19 of Matthew it says this in verse 4 and he answered and said unto them have all of you not read that which that he which made them at the beginning So in other words, at the beginning of this earth, remember Genesis 1 says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Um, Have all of you not read that he which made them at the beginning made them what? Nondescript. He made them of many genders. He made them of whatever they felt like at that moment. He made them... Male and female. And that's what it says. There are only two types of human beings. There's only one race and there's two types of people within that race. Men and women. Boys and girls. Male and female. And boy Satan's working hard lately to try and circumvent that uh, created concept. That concept at creation at the beginning. He made them male and female. And that's it. You know, everything else, somebody's got a mental problem. Somebody has an issue that uh, is not about um, being accepting of other people who have a different viewpoint, right? It's about helping them see what's true. And this is one of the big differences today, is you have absolute truth in Christ, in the Bible, in God, created everything and you have a subjective reality that these other people want to ascribe to that Satan loves to foster on people and that's what we see I mean when I think about supposedly sane adults saying yeah it's okay for little boys or men to go in the women's bathroom and for women to go in the men's bathroom and let's just mix it up why not I, I just and you know for our own government to take the male-female thing off of passports or something. I thought I read not too long ago so you can say whatever gender you are. Apparently, there's like 70-some, whatever that is. It's insanity. You know, this this stuff used to be called, hey, you have a problem in the way you think. You need to go talk to somebody and work that out and help them understand what objective truth is. But when you relegate your society to secular humanism and evolutionary thought and all these things that Satan has been able to foster on humanity as substitutes for Christ, as substitutes for the one way, the one true way, um, you're going to get that. You're going to get a lot of this stuff. And they'll still try and use things from Christianity, from the basis of morality that, that Christianity brings to the table to um, foster their means. And that's what Satan did you know, in the garden when he tempted Adam and Eve. He would use things of God and try and twist them to his own advantage. And that's what we really see going on in our society. So it goes on in, in Matthew 19. They say unto him, why did Moses then give a, a writing of divorcement to put her away? Because it talks about a man will leave his, uh, let me go back. So when it said, for this cause, a man shall leave father and mother, because there's only male and female, and shall cleave to his wife. Who is supposed to be a woman, not a man. And they too shall be one flesh. Wherefore they are no more two, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let not man put asunder. And they say to him, Why did Moses then give uh, command to give a writing of divorcement and to put her away? He said unto them, Moses, Because of the hardness of your hearts suffered you to put away your wives. But from the beginning it was not so. And I say to you, whosoever shall put his wife away, except for it be for fornication, and shall marry another, commits adultery. And whoso marries her, which is put away, does commit adultery. And nowadays, you know, how easy is it to get a divorce? People just, they go into marriage with this idea that they're going to try it. And if it doesn't work, they can go try another one later or something. I don't know. You know, I don't think most people start out that way with it, but it's just so easy. Well, they don't, they don't take care of me the way i want them to anymore so i can do this or i can do that i'm justified in my own sin because of somebody else's actions i mean what sense does that make either you're committed to christ or you're not and again not that we're going to be perfect but it still comes back to that and that's why we need to be in god those of us who follow christ need to be in god's word every day we need to be mindful of his commands we need to be mindful of our own sin we need to be mindful of um, the process that satan will use to tempt us to try and deceive us because that's what he's doing Um, and there are so many folks out there today because of the again secular humanism and its effect even on the church and those who supposedly follow christ you know there's so many people in the church that that are divorced and remarried And when you read things like this, it's like, what are you doing? You need to be reconciled to your husband. Unless there was some infidelity in there or something. So he continues on. And then there were brought unto him little children. He should put his hands on them and pray. And the disciples rebuked them. But Jesus said, suffer little children and forbid them not to come unto me. For such is the kingdom of heaven. And he laid hands on them and departed That's just such a beautiful picture. We all need to be little children. And even said that back in. Chapter 18 That we need to be as a little child in our faith toward Him. That, you know, children tend to just trust things. You know, if your parents say that to you and you're, you know, five years old, you're like, okay, I'm good with that. Because you just trust them. They're your authority, they're your guide in this life. And we need to be that way with Christ and with God. We need to trust Him as a little child. Like, whatever you say, Lord, I'm i'm in it i'm that's you know two two types of human beings male and female got it that yep i'm there and uh but again we don't see that in the world do we um so then he gets into some of the commandments and this young man is uh, wanting to be a, a wealthy guy instead of uh uh, following Christ, and Jesus says to him, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. And when his disciples heard it, they were exceedingly amazed, saying, who then can be saved? But Jesus beheld them and said unto them, with men this is impossible. With God, all things are possible. And thank God for that, or none of us would be saved. That he would save any of us really is a miracle. Um, let's see, all of you should follow me, in the regeneration, when the Son of Man shall sit in the throne of his glory, all of you shall sit upon twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel and every one that has forsaken houses or brethren or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake shall receive a hundredfold and shall inherit everlasting life so I believe what he 's saying here is he 's comparing ever not that you 're going to have ten houses in heaven, but everlasting life is so much more meaningful because you will be with God um. But he says, many that are first here shall be last, and the last shall be first, so you know the way we measure things in this life is not always uh it's certainly not the way God measures things um those who serve those who help those who uh provide um and and really take an interest in uh doing the things of god um are the ones that are going to going to be first in the kingdom of God. So let's be careful how we approach that. I guess is what I would say. So that's some good word for this morning. Um, and I think let's let's go through and take a quick look. Um, Christmas with the Chosen breaks new records as best selling events ever for Fathom Events. Christmas with the Chosen, the Messengers now become Fathom Events' best selling and most highly attended. Events in history to be screened at seventeen hundred movie theaters across the country during the first ten days of December, the chosen's depiction of the Christmas story shattered past records for fathom events with sales topping eight million for six hundred and forty thousand tickets and uh that's pretty cool, but you know it's the chosen I was more uh thrilled with the first season of it than the second myself, but it's just it's another look at uh christ's life the life of the disciples I think it it creates some insight into what it could have been like, and uh it's just somebody else's depiction of that but it it helps personalize some of these things and i think I think it's a good thing my wife would would say she doesn't really care because she doesn't like to put pictures in her mind of who Christ looked like and and all that and I get that to a certain extent too you know god's word is god's word it doesn't need any help and uh um but for those of us who like movies and things like that, having a, an outlet like that is, uh can be helpful to our faith, I think, to to put that. But we tried to go to the theater here in northern Illinois, and uh, we couldn't get in without a lot of mask on. And I just, the whole hypocrisy and, and just the silliness, much like somebody saying there's 72 genders and it being so obvious that there are only two, Uh, walking into a movie theater and having to put a face diaper on for three minutes while I'm walking from the front door into the theater and then I take it off because nobody's going to come in there and kick me out of the movie during the movie is the height of poppycock, for lack of a better way of saying it. And when we went into the one theater, this young lady was out there and she was just adamant that her mask was... She wears it 12 hours a day and it doesn't have any effect on her and and she hasn't been sick yet and this and that. And so she was a big believer in it. And I I started going down the road of arguing with her and then I stopped because I realized it's not a good witness. But I was adamant that this is silly and it doesn't make any sense. You're not preventing anything by doing this. If somebody's going to get COVID, they're going to get it. And uh, a mask is not going to stop that. And it's just sad to see how many people in our society put their faith and trust Again, in a human intervention, in a way that supposedly is going to help and very rarely will. And, uh, you know, in our case, when we're talking about faith, nothing else will, right? It's zero. It's 100 to zero, right? Okay, a mask may be 95 to 5. Maybe there's 5% of the time it would have prevented you from getting something. And some people would say, well, that's worth it. And I would say, well, really, 5% of the time you wouldn't contract a disease that you have a 99.8% chance of being healed from without an issue? Again, if you get the right treatment, not if they're going to stick you full of crap, excuse me, for crud. But anyway, it's encouraging to see that with the chosen And uh, what they've been able to accomplish. And that so many people are still mindful of that. So many people still want to seek out God and seek out um, faith, you know, in a faithful sense and what that's like. So here's a a little story. Cook Political Report shifts eight governor's races toward GOP. Michigan, Wisconsin, Nevada. Uh, From lean Democratic to toss up. And that's interesting. Other ones: Maine, New Mexico, Oregon, Iowa, South Carolina. Um, you know, I think that's uh, that's very interesting. So, um, but doesn't really matter in the end. You know, we spend a lot of time. And I think it is, you know, it's right and good that Christians are involved in politics and in our society and trying to work toward what is right. But in the end we still gotta come back and realize that it's God's kingdom that matters. It's God's kingdom in eternity that that we uh um really wanna be about in the end. So Good morning, Ethan. Good morning. How you doing, buddy? Good. Wanna say hi to folks? Let me finish this up and I will come uh... so last we had this story like I already got into from Michigan and uh, there's just a lot going on nowadays with uh, you know Satan is trying to deceive people in so many ways and guess what that's no different than it was 2000 years ago he's just using different methods so keep an eye out for it um i think i'm going to wrap it up with that but be encouraged there is someone you can put your faith and trust in that will not let you down that will not change that will not uh turn his back on you that will not uh um kid you will not um hurt you he is the one true king the lord jesus christ and if you do not know him, uh, find him. Find a, Find a Bible, read the book of John, Get to start getting to know him. If you need any help with that, email us at ehuditsareligion.org and we'll be happy to help. But uh, But you need him. Everybody needs him. He is the one who created you. He's the one that sustains this life that we are living. And no matter what state or condition your emotions are in today, he can help you. It may take time, it may take uh, work, even on your part, but uh, but it's going to be worth it in the end. So be encouraged. It's time for the Christmas season. And uh, pray you have a, a blessed day today. Cyborgs, in, in the air, there's a feeling of Christmas. Children laughing, people passing, meeting smile after smile, and on air.